0: Media is essential to democracy, and a democratic election is impossible without media. A free and fair election is not only about the freedom to vote and the knowledge of how to cast a vote, but also about the participatory process where voters engage in public debate and have adequate information about parties, policies, candidates, and the election process itself in order to make informed choices. Furthermore, media acts as a crucial watchdog to democratic elections safeguarding the transparency of the process. A democratic election with no media freedom or shackled media freedom would be contradictory in in terms. A prime concern of media coverage of elections is the right of voters to full and accurate information and their right to participate in debates and dialogue on policy matters and with politicians. Inherent to this task is the entitlement of parties and candidates to use the media as a platform for interaction with the public. Furthermore, a democratic society as a whole has a need to communicate information to the general public, voters, and to a variety of other groups, including political parties and candidates. The media themselves have a right to report freely and to scrutinize the whole electoral process. This scrutiny in and of itself is a vital safeguard against interference or corruption in the management or conduct of the electoral process at large on the other hand new media through an online platform has changed the way that candidates and their campaigns can interact with citizens providing unprecedented opportunities for a two-way dialogue and interaction channel in recent years we have seen we've also seen how new media can play an inter an important role in social change and po- political mobilization. With the 2008 Obama presidential campaign as a good example, citizens are increasingly turning to social media platforms to follow election news and developments. According to a 2014 Pew Research Center survey, 16% of American registered voters use social media platforms I'm sorry, 60 percent of registered American voters use social media platforms like Facebook and Twitter to get political information and follow elections, elections, election news during the 2014 U.S. midterm elections, more than doubling the number of registered voters who use social media for the same purpose in 2010. Additionally, more and more Americans are also using cell phones to follow political news with about 30 percent of registered voters having done so in 2014. Although this convergence of media has been beneficial overall, it has given mainstream media outlets greater ability to influence and inform citizens on elections in ways that adhere with the network's agenda. A private or biased media can shape elections and the issues covered to support corporate interests or provide skewed information which, which ultimately subverts important democratic principles like freedom of speech and the freedom of press the presence of news outlets over the internet has changed the way in which audiences and voters have been able to obtain information and has influenced how voters form a political understanding shaping their views in this election specifically we have seen this influential but also biased effect by the way by way of the presentation and framing of the electoral results and standings between candidates. What could be considered as democratic establishment media outlets such as MSNBC and CNN have influenced this democratic electoral process greatly. This is interesting due to the fact that CNN, which is ultimately owned by Time Warner, a company that is currently listed as Hillary Clinton's 8th largest donation contributor, has donated a total of $603,170 to the Clinton campaign. Clearly, due to this fact, there becomes room for potential media bias. Throughout this election, it has grown clear by way of their reporting that the Democratic mainstream media has basically deemed Hillary Clinton as a presumptive nominee before the primaries have even began. We have seen a form of this bias through the includance of superdelegates in the delegate count in relatively all Democratic primary elections results and polls. This includance is not only entirely unnecessary, but it is completely misinformative and it creates a false representation of the true democratic race and misleads voters into believing that Clinton actually has all but won the nomination. Not only does it mislead voters, but it also influences future primaries and caucuses as many Bernie Sanders and, at the time, Martin O'Malley supporters may have grown discouraged to participate and vote in the election. As they may feel as though it is a waste of time, if Clinton already possesses such a great lead. To put things into perspective, after the first three primaries, which are very important as they set the tone and a precedent for the rest of the election, Clinton's lead in pledged delegates was at 52 to 51 to Bernie Sanders, a virtual tie. Although this was the factual case, almost all delegate counts found on the media, inc- found on online media platforms include the unpledged superdelegates who have the ability to switch their vote at any given time, which is something that was shown in the last election as many Clinton supporting superdelegates ended up voting for Obama at the party's convention this is very important because despite the num despite the pledged delegate count being so close at 52 to 51 when superdelegates are included this number at the time, rose to 503 to 70, portraying an incredibly large gap and lead by Clinton that is simply misleading. If one were to Google the delegate count for Democrats, this is the number that would appear, and it already shows that Hillary Clinton has basically won the nomination. Not only is this harmful for candidates and voter representation, but it places America's famed and self-proclaimed foundation of democracy into question. These superdelegates haven't even voted yet, so how ridiculous is it to include them in virtually every single digital delegate count and poll? In order to understand the absurdity of this circumstance, one must also understand what a superdelegate is and what a superdelegate represents. Superdelegates are unelected delegates a part of the Democratic Party who are free to support any candidate for the presidential nomination at the party's national convention. While pledged delegates are selected based on their announced preferences in the contest for the presidential nomination, and are chosen by are chosen in correlation to voters and the polling for each specific state, um, the ple- pledged delegates support the candidate that is chosen based on the voters and the voting that occurs. This is the difference between Republican and Democratic primary elections is while both attempt to win delegates, the Democrats have a system in place where unelected and unvoted for superdelegates play a large role as they make up about 15% of all delegates. According to the AP, the Democratic delegate total is 4,763. It takes 2,382 of those delegates to secure the nomination, and of these 4,763, 712 are superdelegates. The superdelegate system was established in 1982, based on the recommendation by Jim Hunt, who was the governor of North Carolina at the time, as a response to many of the party's leaders, feeling as though they had been too left out of the election process since the primary and caucus system was established in the late 1960s. Superdelegates are simply chosen. They are not voted for. Every Democratic member of Congress, the House, and the Senate gets to be a superdelegate, about 240 in total. Every Democratic governor is a superdelegate, that's about 20. Certain distinguished party leaders are also superdelegates, this is another 20. And finally, another 432 superdelegates are named by the DNC, an honor that typically goes to mayors, chairs, and vice-chairs of the state party and other dignitaries insiders and also insiders in the democratic party or they are all insiders in the democratic party i apologize none of these groups are random people they are party insiders but considering the level of democracy that we attempt to hold in our elections and the way our elections work isn't this a lot of power to be given to just a few individuals and you'd be right to assume so in two thousand eight each superdelegate had about as much political influence as ten thousand voters and that's an underestimate because that's just how much their votes count for. They're all, they, they're already influential people. They are they are connected to others. They can raise money for ads. They can convince people to vote. And that's purely, and that's purely just on their name recognition. But their vote alone is also worth ten thousand of you or me, or my votes, assuming that you're registered to vote. <laughs> that is, when the DNC leader or the Democratic National Committee leader. Debbie Schultz was asked what do you tell voters who are new to the to the process who say that this makes them feel like it's all rigged Schultz's response was unpledged delegates exist really to make sure that party leaders and elected officials don't have to be in a position where they are running against grassroots activists we are as a Democratic Party really highlighted highlight an, an emphasis inclusive and diversity at our convention and so we want to give every opportunity to grassroots activists and diverse committed governments or democ- com- diverse committed Democrats to be able to participate and attend and be a delegate at the convention and so we separate and so we separate out those unpledged delegates to make sure that there isn't competition between them therefore super delegates are a way to include delegates that are not elected officials by clearing the field for the primary by clearing the field in the primary for more party activists to participate in the process. Because if elected officials would be running for those same delegate slots, they would win based on name recognition alone. This clarification was hailed by Hillary Clinton supporters as a wise policy to maintain steady, experienced governance, but derided by Sanders supporters stating that the establishment this is the establishment thwarting the will of the people. Superdelegate Howard Dean has tweeted superdelegates don't represent people I'm not elected by anyone I'll do what I think is right for the country which became a controversial statement if you fast forward to today there's about 1200 delegates left to vote in the democratic elections Sanders is behind by about 300 delegates and although his victory is improbable it is still possible and any journalist who included the superdelegates either doesn't understand politics or is attempting to mislead their audience because not all of them, but a lot of them, switched so often. They did in 2008 when they switched from Clinton to Obama when he took the lead in pledged delegates. So superdelegates, for the time being, shouldn't matter in polls and standings, even though the mainstream media attempts to make us believe as though they do. Now, Now, ironically... Bernie Sanders will need these superdelegates because it is almost virtually impossible for him to make up for this 300 delegate lead for Clinton. But on the other hand, will Hillary Clinton be able to win the election without superdelegates? No. So while everyone was worried about a possible contested convention on the Republican side, we will almost certainly see a contested convention on the Democratic side, as neither candidate will win enough pledged delegates to secure the nomination. Now regardless of the situation or questionable level of democracy that superdelegates represent when the media specifically the online media decides to include their presence not even their vote because they haven't voted yet in polls showing the delegate count between candidates we as a people receive 15 percent less democracy in our elections as the public is negatively influenced by misleading information